0: Welcome to Electrician U, the friendliest electrical forum on the internet where asking the simple questions is nothing to be ashamed of. Electrician U, we have the solution for trade-related ignorance. I'm your host, Brock Lancaster. Our co-host is Matt Bergman, and our guest host from our Discord server is Dustin, who we call fake Dustin, also known as Motodude, who's joining us as well. Now today's topic is things you wish you never did. You know, we all have skeletons in our closet and the work that we've done in the past. Sometimes uh, we've done shortcuts, uh, just trying to get through the project. Uh, Some of them might have even been code violations or semi-dangerous installations. Uh, Sometimes we've just, you know, kind of performed at that level just to get the job done. And we think that we'll get the opportunity to go back and fix it but then days kind of turn into weeks, which turn into months, and before you realize it, you've just gone uh, on and on and completely forgotten about that bad thing you did or the series of bad things that you've kind of left behind. And so tonight's gonna be true confession time. We don't necessarily have to disclose locations or clients or dates or times, you know, when any of this stuff occurred we just want to maybe sometimes preface our statements by saying this may or may not have happened but we'll still share some of our lesser than proud moments and a lot of what we talk about this evening it doesn't necessarily have to be something from the technical side of things it could always also be um, opportunities that we walked away from uh, bridges that we've burned arguments that we shouldn't have had the way we handled a customer in a situation the way we've handled our co-workers or even things that we could have prepared for better that we didn't um and so let's kind of get into this um dustin or 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 matt um how'd you like to start start us off give me some something that you uh wish you had never done
1: i can start us off on a pretty uh pretty fun one all right so I was working for a flipper when I, yeah. when I first started as an apprentice and we all know how that song and dance goes. It is not yeah. how it's advertised on HGTV. <laughs> they just paint over the mold, uh, Bondo, the, the holes in the siding. And that's how they fix up a house to a nice million dollar home. Mm-hmm. So we did, we, we done a couple houses for this flipper and they weren't horrible, a little on the cheap side, not a huge issue. Well, this one house that we were coming into had a had a previous electrician had come in, done a panel swap, moved it from the master closet to the outside of the house because you can't have um, breaker panels in closets anymore, from what I understand.
0: Mm-hmm. That's correct.
1: Yep. So, he had used the old panel as a big old junction box for every single home run that came into the house. Once again, completely fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> Save some money. So, in comes this flipper. He's like, I'm going to tear out this closet. We're going to put a shower right where this panel is. So, what I need y'all to do is I need y'all to get about a quarter inch thick steel plate. Need you to. Um, caulk the inside of the panel and then screw it down so we can weld it shut and and it's never going to have water into it and when the flipper told us this we said absolutely fucking not we're not doing this no no way you're not gonna you're not gonna have a junction box with 40 plus splices in there get put behind the the shower. yeah So we told them, like, hey, you have two options, and he wasn't getting anything permitted or inspected in the middle of the city, right? Right, right. I said, uh, my boss told me, you have two options. Either let us fix it in a better way than that, or I'm calling the city on you. Mm -hmm. He didn't like either of those options because both of them involved very large sums of money one more than the other so he agreed to let us go ahead and splice to move that j box outside and then splice new wires going down to the panel that was outside so we got this like eight by eight j box and we shoved every single home run in there every single extension and tightened it all down with wire nuts through a panel on the panel on that and called it a day Mm -hmm. yep that was one of my not so proud moments so is, is, is the house still standing
0: today? Have you been back over there? Do you know
1: Oh uh, no, in- I moved three hundred miles away for completely unrelated reasons, but okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just one of those it was one of those situations mm-hmm. where if we didn't do it, he was gonna get somebody's cousin's brother's uncle to come do it the way he wanted it. And so we said, you get two hard options here before you know we call the city. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's one of my not so proudest moments that I've done as an electrician, but it was the it was the best we could do given the
2: situation we were in. Absolutely, Zach Dustin. I'll, I'll let Zach go ahead and go. I've I've got one for later.
3: I should probably refrain from telling the one that came to my <laughs> immediately.
0: Yeah, and we could say uh, it, was, it happened to a friend or a
2: friend did this, and a friend told me about. This. Yeah, a friend of a friend. Um, May have been okay. working down okay. in Cibolo, Texas, right oh, mm-hmm. may or may not have yes I got and, you. and uh and there may or may not be a ground wire in a pipe under the ground that has been spliced um, with mediocre um, skills <laughs> <laughs> um there's well, let, there's. Def- it, it it is electrical taped. Um, be more It, it was J hooked. Uh, we 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 may have definitely ohmed it out to make sure that it was at least connected. Um, but yeah, uh, it was one of those really shitty situations. This place had to be open on Monday, and we were working there on a Sunday, and didn't have enough wire to make a solid ground. Uh huh. So we just had to do what we had to do and not proud of it and i don't know that it ever got fixed
1: mm-hmm. when temporary becomes
0: permanent that's a whole yeah. that's a whole topic <laughs>
2: yes, yeah. yes it
0: is because I, i've never seen anything temporary ever get resolved right unless it was like a major renovation that followed
2: yeah i mean most people don't like Repulling wire. I mean, we'd already repulled like half of them because the the guys we had down there were apparently all um, riding a short bus, Mm-hmm. and none of the colors matched the uh, the panel schedule or anything like that. So we were going back and trying to pull it, repull wire constantly. And uh, I mean, we went down there for like four and a half weekends. Um, wow! Just we were working, you know, fifty hours at our job, working ten hours a day, and then on the weekends they were paying us to go all the way down to basically San Antonio, and uh, paying for hotel rooms and all sorts of stuff. It was, it was a, it was a very, very um, bad job that uh, was going on down there. I, I have pictures of it somewhere. Did
0: you lose uh, any sleep? That's that's the real question that most. Oh people...
2: no, no. We we had a we had a blast down there. I mean, every weekend we were going to Hooters and getting uh completely obliterated because we did not want to be down there because it was such a disgrace to our company. Oh wow.
3: Yeah. Damn. I can think of uh one where it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It was uh somebody who I was giving uh dimensions to and uh the parts list got. Uh, you, you guys ever play the game of telephone? Mm-hmm. and Every day, all day, man. Yeah. Yep. So, well, this is that cranked up to 11 because I told them that I needed, you know, like a 12 foot by 8 foot by whatever. And that's the dimensions of the room. And I need it to be able for me to actually have the appropriate clearance. So, like, you know, 9 feet. Uh, t- you know, like nine feet tall at tops and then like four and a half feet deep or whatever for the, you know, the three feet of clearance that I'm going to need all around it. Well, they sent me the material to build basically the room instead of actually having um it be f- able to fit inside the room. Mm -hmm. And so I built the damn thing right next to the building, took a picture of it, and sent it to him. And I was just like, how in the hell am I supposed to fucking fix this? That was my first mistake. Right. Second mistake was uh, wasting the day. And then the third mistake was having that guy come all the way out, um, which I'm glad he did, and uh, assist with the mistake that was made between... Me, the person I was communicating to, and them. And then there's another one where I had uh, flipped a breaker I shouldn't have,
0: and I left everybody and in, the, in the next room.
3: No, no, no. And uh, I, I flipped a breaker I shouldn't have, and uh, we lost a phase in uh, a lighting panel, specifically a couple lighting panels. Mm-hmm. Because when I flipped that breaker, there was something else wrong. And I can't remember exactly what. But instead of having like a three-phase transformer outside, you know, and it just supplies three phase, well they had three single they had like three big transformers supplying one phase each. And so when I did that, the B phase blew the fuck up.
4: Mm.
3: And so this building was without B phase, so all of their lights were dark. Until that could be fixed. <laughs> so I think those are a couple of things that I wish I had not done.
1: Yeah. All right. All right, B. We've, 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 uh, this is a confession booth, right? So it's your turn
0: to confess some sins. So, so it was this, this, uh, property flip I was working on. Um, at the time I didn't know any better. It was many, many years ago. But, um, a friend of mine, he's asked me all kinds of questions about do I need a permit for this and need a permit for that. And I'm guessing it. I'm thinking, well, if you're just doing repair work, you don't really need a permit. And so I'm thinking this guy is just going to fix this place up room by room. But when I get there, he's completely gutted the whole place out. And he actually needed to have electrical panels swapped out. And so uh, because it was a fuse box and it needed to be like um, just put a regular breaker panel in there. Well, of course at the time I didn't know that um you you're supposed to get permission before pulling the meter. And so we may or may not have had assistance in pulling the meter out of the can so we could swap the electrical service. And uh so really there wasn't like any type of uh permitting going on. The whole, the whole place was completely unpermitted. And a lot of the electrical work was done by jack legs. It's like, even though I wasn't licensed or very experienced, I knew it was right, you know? And so a lot of what I did in there, at least the stuff I did was right, but I kind of let all the other stuff that I didn't do, I just let it slide. And rather than correcting it or walking away from it, I just kind of did what I knew to do, which was right and turn a blind eye to everything else and so by the time we walked away everything was working but we had things like exposed Romex outside of the house uh we had THHN stapled to the uh Joyce in the attic there was um maybe undersized wire on the on on the um on the kitchen range and so it, it might have been like number eight or even number 10 on the kitchen range and it was just so many things that I knew were wrong but because I, I kind of got stuck in it I just kept working because I needed the money I was broke I just needed a few dollars to get by and so I just kind of let the chips fall where they may and even though that house is still standing and it seems to be okay I know a lot of things in that place is not okay and so Oh, on a whole lot of different levels. One, I f- I feel like I should not have even participated in that at all, given that the guy who was doing the shady deal in the first place, who was flipping the house without any kind of permits, completely gutting it out down to like to the studs, you know, taking up floors and everything. And the other thing that I'm kind of uh, wish I hadn't done is that if I participated in this, that I should have left the, all the other garbage. Uh, you know the way it is. Yeah, I should have never left everything out of place and broken, and, and in a manner where it should have been fixed and done right. So that, 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 that's kind of one of my worst moments ever. I would say.
1: As far yeah, as that's concerned. that's one of the uh, the great things about inspections is they keep everybody honest.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and go ahead.
1: When you're working in places that don't have inspections, you know the mm-hmm. the limiting factor is usually the budget and not safety. Yeah, with a lot of the with residential specifically, I know commercial you can't not have an inspector for most jobs out in commercial, mm-hmm. but in like residential setting, you know when you're working out in the county and there's no city inspectors to come in and keep your GCs on line or keep your homeowners in line, yep. the first thing that that goes out the window is your mechanicals, that's your plumbing, your electrical, and your HVAC. Mm-hmm. Because the homeowners want the shiny granite countertops, yeah. they don't care about the yellow Romex or the clock covered asbestos Romex in the wall. Because oh, <laughs> we're never going to see it. Right, like, it's fine. They don't. They don't understand the ramifications of no grounds in their houses.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we made sure that they had grounds, right? Uh, but on so many levels, it just wasn't just electrical. Even like the plumbing was not permitted. HVAC wasn't permitted some of the structural changes, we don't even know if these were load-bearing walls they were taking out.
1: And, yeah. So, like, you know, like, you know as, 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 a, um, as a mechanical contractor, or as an electrical contractor, you know, <laughs> is it our responsibility to Point out all the things that are wrong with the other trades Or we just kind of put the blinders on And say hey that's not outside That's outside my scope of work Let's just focus on what we're doing And try to make it the best that we can do it So if something does go wrong At least our stuff has our T's crossed and our I's
0: dotted That is a debatable topic And I'd like for everybody to chime in On that whether it's in the stage chat Or just those of us up on the panel What, what, what do we do when we see stuff That we know is wrong I and mean, it's out of our control to fix it.
2: Do we say something? Do we try to fix it? Do we just walk away from the whole job? What, what, what do y'all think? You should definitely at least let somebody know, you know, uh-huh. whether it be the homeowner or, you know, uh, a general contractor or anything like that. If, if you see something that you know is definitely wrong, that could be a risk to somebody, it's your responsibility to at least say something mm-hmm. at a minimum.
0: Mm-hmm. But if the GC or the person acting as a GC just doesn't get it, and it's like you're talking to them, and to them you sound like the parents from Charlie Brown, sound like the adults from Charlie Brown, and you know every time you're talking, and they're not going to do anything about it.
2: Yeah, you you, you can have you can have a clean conscience at that point, though. You know, if something does happen, you, you you at least did your due diligence to notify somebody that hey. This is either unsafe or, you know, could potentially hurt somebody Mm -hmm. and you need to fix it or get somebody out here to fix it.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, reading the comments here, uh, one says, I feel like it should be your responsibility to let someone know if there's an issue uh, with something or someone else doing it. And if it's bad enough, go to the authorities Uh, I don't feel too comfortable with going to the authorities because then they're going to ask, well, how did you know this and how much involvement do you have?
1: Well, and also you have to think if you're working in a smaller shop and like, you know, let's say you're just starting out and you go to, you go to your authority, having jurisdiction, you say, Hey, this is getting on permit and they're not pulling permits. They're pulling the walls. They're doing plumbing work, electrical work you're potentially inviting a lot of bad stuff towards your new company trying to get off the ground yes. because you wanted to take the high road. And I'm not trying to justify not reporting to the authorities, but that's just something to keep in mind as well as we do you want that baggage? Mm,
0: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're, in your tra- you're a witness. So you're witness get your tracked into it now. And since they can't find the other people because they're not licensed or permitted, but you have all your documents in, in order, we're gonna go for the low, lowest hanging fruit. And we're gonna right, No good deed like goes unpunished, as they say. <laughs> <Exactly>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so another comment here says, say something with a reason, if it's glaringly bad. Safety concern, yes, but just hack, messy work, yes, it's debatable. Uh, another one here says, I'm fairly new to the trade, but every time I see something goofy, I look at my journeyman and he's like, Hey, that's not on us. And if you try to fix it and, uh, you know, it all goes bad, you're still on the hook.
2: Yeah. That's why, that's why you want to like point that out to somebody before mm-hmm. trying to fix anything. You know, mm-hmm. it like, if you, if you open a panel and it, you know, there's loose neutrals and all this other crap, you at least want to be like, Hey man, I, I, I want to show you this, like, this is all loose mm-hmm. and I'm going to tighten it up, but just know that it was loose before I even got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so i just
1: walked into a pretty big uh, renovation and the first thing i did when i got to the renovation was i went and figured out what was working before before i started doing any kind of work and i documented all of it so that way it can't come back on us and the, like mid renovation hey this plug's not working now we have to go fix something we didn't even break or touch
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's, that's a good way to cover your ass when you're, you know, you're coming onto a job for the first time, you're having to go back over someone's work, you know,
0: however many decades a house has stood. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I just want to ask a quick question, like going back uh, to what you said, Dustin, about like you open a panel and you see those loose neutrals, uh, or something, you know, to the effect where you see something that's very dangerous. Do you fix it for free? It depends. Okay. it depends on the, like the severity
1: of like what's wrong. Like mm-hmm. if, if it's like the house is at risk of burning down, you need to get that corrected, especially if it's going to take low effort, like just tightening neutrals. Mm-hmm. Uh, my rule of thumb, like if, if it takes me less than five minutes to do a fix, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother wasting my time or your money, billing you out. Mm hmm. If it's just a blue box and two feet of wire, it's fine, whatever. I have scrap wire that we're never going to use except for situations like this.
0: Yeah, but I'd say with my own experience, I've like, you know, tried to help somebody with something which I thought was going to be a small quick fix and you get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. It's like, um, just a perfect example I was thinking of many years ago, someone had a problem with their outdoor uh, water faucet not working, and so I went into the garage and said, oh, here's the problem, Your, uh, your, your supply valve on the inside is not turned on. So I turned that on, and then I realized that water was leaking inside the garage walls because somewhere along the line, the PVC pipe either cracked or broke. And so it's just like one thing after the next. So now their drywall is wet and now they've got water in their garage floor. So do I just walk away and say, hey, that's not my problem. Or now do I got to mop up this water, this mess that I, that I created in, in, in their garage?
2: Well, I mean, at that point you have plausible deniability. You didn't know <laughs> that the pipe was cracked, right? So yes, you, right. You, go, you go turn off the turn the valve back off and be like, hey, you, y'all need to fix that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but hey, I, my paint was perfect. My drywall
0: was perfect until you turned that valve.
2: Well I mean you you called me to fix a problem I fixed the problem the problem was another problem inside the wall that's not that's not on me yeah well, and
1: that's when you that's why you always bid out your troubleshooting in time and material you never give them a fixed bid for a troubleshooting because it can just devolve yeah. into a, a so nightmare. much <laughs> yeah and, and also one thing that i've noticed with like residential troubleshooting is when you go into an attic and if it is kind of your job as a service guy to not just tunnel vision on what you're doing but kind of like take a look around you look at the state of the plumbing look at the hvac look at all the home runs coming in look for exposed copper Nine times out of ten, I in my experience, I'll take a picture of it, I'll go back down to the homeowner when I'm down in the attic, I'll be like, hey, found this in your attic. I'm gonna go ahead and take care of it. Do you want me to investigate further? And um usually because people are generally terrified of electricity, when you see when you say I found exposed copper, they want you to go deep and just take everything apart and try to find any problems whatsoever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because of the lack of understanding of how things work,
0: or sure. and so even like with that lack of understanding, and you know you'll never get the client to understand. You'll never get the homeowner to understand. How much responsibility? Say, how deep are you going to go into this to make the homeowner safe?
2: Um, I mean, so like for instance, I had a guy that I was working with, and he was doing a basically just changing out plugs and adding a couple can lights Uh and changing out switches for a lady in Austin. Mm -hmm. And he kept getting into this, getting into it. And finally he goes back to the panel and he sends me a picture of the panel. It's all charred on the inside. Like there'd been a, it it looked like something had been arcing in there. And Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, you need to walk away from that right now. I was like, because one, you undercharged for all the receptacles. I think he ended up changing like 70 something receptacles in this house mm-hmm. and uh, added like 12 can lights, and he was only charging her like 2,200 bucks. I was like, that barely even covered the plugs. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get out of here with that. And, uh, but the second he sent me that panel, I was like, you need to tell her, like, she had just bought the house. I was like, you need to, like, Tell her she needs to call the, the uh, realtor and the inspector, whoever came out and inspected the house. That should have been something that was caught. Like, you know, just uh, they're supposed to at least visually look at the panel. I mean, obviously, they're not going to go in there and start pulling on wires and crap, but they should at least have opened the panel to see, well, there's nothing burnt in here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing and- turned off at the moment. As a service
1: guy, too, you do have the ability to say, hey, I noticed. These couple, like if you notice something that's extremely wrong in the house, you do have the right to say, Hey, we're done with this job until this is fixed. Cause this is legitimately can kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can, you can call your boss and be like, Hey, like this, I found this and some, I work in a smaller shop. I'm used to a lot different culture. Mm-hmm. My boss is super on the, on the team of, if it's going to save someone's life, potentially get it done. Stop. Whatever improvement you're doing, fix this. We'll come do the improvement later. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you have to adjust depending on what the issue is. You have to adjust the quote and whatnot. But you nine times out of ten, most customers are happy you found something sooner rather than later.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right about that. And they're even happier if you're willing to do it for free.
1: Everyone loves that F word.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if it's, if it's something simple, like, you know, when, when I was using the example of, you know, loose neutrals, if it's something I can do in less than like five minutes, of course I'm going to do it for free. As long as it Mm -hmm. keeps a house from burning to the ground or, you know, somebody from getting electrocuted, you know, if it's something simple, then of course I'm going to do it. But if it's going to take me like an hour or two hours, I'm going to be like, listen, I've, I've noticed this, but I'm going to have to get compensated for this.
0: Right, but then let's just say that those loose neutrals are a result of stripped screws in the panel. Now, how far are you going to go to fix
2: this? Um, I have uh, JB Weld and... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I mean, if, if it's something that I can't be fixed, I mean, it still needs to be brought up to their attention. You know, sure. be like, hey, you know, if y'all want to go, you know, buy breakers or, you know, buy a new, you know, Neutral bar or whatever, mm-hmm. then I'll gladly th- toss them in like it's, mm-hmm. it's it's nothing to pop breakers in, especially on like residential panels mm-hmm. where they're not screw in breakers um, right so i i would I wouldn't have a problem you know doing that, but I'm not going to go buy breakers f- for or or a neutral bar or something for somebody and hope that they'll pay me for it. Right. Yeah.
1: So I just saw a fun little question in the the chat. Dresdar is asking. The question is, if you hired the electrician, how much would you expect them to do for free? And my answer is nothing. I expect nothing from anybody for free. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I do the things that I do because it, it, if I fix things that are a problem, and the customer never has to see it come out of their wallet, it makes them want to call me back in the future again. Because like, oh, hey, he found this thing. He fixed it for free and did the work all in Telling manner. That's just more plus marks in my book versus all the electricians out, that are out in the, t- the area. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I know like the, the, the news agencies around here, they did a sting, I guess you would call it a sting operation. Basically, they called like five electrical companies, like some of the biggest electrical names out here. Yep. and they set up you know a panel and they just loosened a neutral on a plug and they were getting quotes for like eighteen hundred dollars and two thousand mm-hmm. dollars and all this other mm-hmm. and then this one guy just comes in and goes oh it's just this and he twists it and he goes all right bye yep mm-hmm. yep and and they were basically going you know some of these guys are trying to scam you you know it, it that makes the entire industry look bad people like that will give electricians bad names when you're charging, you know, $1,800 and all you got to go in there is tighten a screw and then it's good.
0: You know, so have you ever had a time or, or
2: a situation where you regretted charging somebody too much money? Uh, me personally? No. Cause the only <laughs> time I've ever, <laughs> the only time I've ever charged somebody too much money is when I did not want to do the job. And right. th- that was literally it. Like I, I me, personally, I don't like doing side work because mm. side work really can, it can change your perspective on things. It can um, indeed. I, I, I did that back in high school. You know, I used to love working on cars and all this stuff and I went and worked at a dealership and then I started working on people's cars on the side mm. and now if you see me under a car, uh, I'm cussing and yelling and throwing things <laughs> because I I hate working on cars. So, with when I found this trade and I found out that I really enjoyed the work, I told myself I will not do side work. I've done one side job, and it was literally putting in nine plugs, uh, three lights on the outside of a house, and three ceiling fans and an AC unit. And I basically charged the dude a little over like 4,200 bucks,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: which everybody told me I was high. I was like, yeah, I was I was trying to price it out of his range, and he ended up coming back and going, "Okay, when can you start?" I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm doing it." I guess
1: I made four dollars in a day. Let's go, man. Let's go. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't want to do it, and I ended up doing it, but it was it was a nightmare, and I hated it. So, mm-hmm.
1: I find interesting that you said that your perspective on work can change because of side work, okay. as as a two year apprentice myself i I do as much side work as I physically can, and because i the wages aren't the greatest for apprentices, and I like to have extra money and but i I genuinely enjoy doing the work that that that's on the side it's usually for friends and it's not making a ton of money, but it's making enough so I can go have fun on the weekends so you talking about when you only do we do side work as a business like a side business instead of just a side
2: hustle um well, I mean, it, it depends on if you're it, if you're picking and choosing your jobs. I guess it's a little bit easier, but you can get into like, you know, something, you go in to change a plug because they lost power to that plug. And the next thing you know, you're like four plugs down, you know, trying to pull wire through a wall. You know, that's that stuff right there, like, that would piss me off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's <laughs> just a normal day in residential. Like, well, I know, just... that, and that's why I don't do residential. That's
2: why I love commercial. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but they say, but but Duskin, you've got to help us out here. We've got people come over. We're having a party later
2: on. That's exactly what this guy was doing. He was changing his garage from a, I guess it had to have been a three-car garage. He added two bedrooms and a living room to his garage, what was his oh. garage. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, my, my family's coming in from another country, and they need a place to stay, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, how many people are you having? Because he's got like a, I, I think he had like, Eight rooms and like four bathrooms and then he was adding two more rooms and a living room. And I was like, How many people like how big is your family? He's like, Oh, I'm gonna have like thirty people here and I was like, Jesus Christ. Did he have a permit or, or did you have to report him to the authorities? No, he um so he's a civil engineer. Uh-huh. And uh out where he was at is uh Road Taggle, at um gosh darn it, what's the name of that beach? Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not. Fun. I'm on a lake, bro. I'm not on a beach. No. It, well, it's a beach on a lake. It's on Lake Travis. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm from North
1: Texas, so all, yeah, all these all these Central Texas places. Any, any one, <laughs> yeah, not but, a lot of
0: beachfront property there.
2: No. Yeah, the, 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 the little the little um uh, town that he lives in, they don't even require an electrical permit unless it's a new build. Hmm. So, I was like, what? So, the homeowner just goes and gets a permit to do any type of building onto an existing building. As long as you're not adding on to that house, then that's it. So, he Mm -hmm. went and got his permit. I I actually went on to their deal and called them. I was like, hey, do I need an electrical permit? Like, I'm adding circuits and all this other stuff. And they're like, no. I was like, What? (laughs)
1: Yeah, residential county work is the wild, wild west of stuff. Yeah, it is.
2: It is. Like, I I was expecting to, you know, I I had already talked to a master that has a a license and everything. And I I was like, you know, hey, if I need a permit, can you go pull this permit for me? He's like, yeah. He's like, pay me like 50 bucks. I'll go pull a permit. I was like, cool. You know, Mm -hmm. because I don't have the ability to pull permits myself. Uh Uh-huh. No. Yeah.
0: Homeowner permits have always been like the backdoor way to get stuff done. Wow, if you live out in the
1: county in Texas, you don't even need to pull a homeowner permit. You can do literally whatever you want, whenever you want,
0: with whoever uh, you want. Uh, okay, so I, I can go hire my uh, hack or jack-leg electrician off the car. As long as you don't have to pull the meter,
2: you're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially There's if sec- you're on a farm, because yeah, farm, and, farm and ranch it, out here is just... it it's basically like oh you want to lay that romex on the ground well i mean it's your farm go ahead
0: <laughs> yeah because i mean you know how many houses can you burn down on a farm at least one
2: at I least mean, one uh,
0: right yeah <laughs> you but not to really I, like hurt your neighbors or put your you know i mean you can
1: probably get a couple like uh well done stakes out of that deal too if you're if you're if you're lucky
0: Well, like if you're cattle
1: rancher or something, yeah, they got a couple of cows on the property. Cause that's all that's out here is cattle. Yeah. So you get a burnt down house and a lot of well done steak.
2: I don't know. I think that's I think that's kind of how Bastrop's gone up twice in the last like three years. (laughs) (laughs) They keep that that place keeps burning to the ground for some reason. Wow. And so, what what kind of place is that? Bastrop. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want.
1: It's a (laughs) hodunk town in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Yeah, oh, Okay. Of, it's got a bit. population of like three and a half. Don't ask um, about the half. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 got a surprisingly has some uh, pine trees and stuff like that. But those pine mm-hmm. needles, you know, when they dry out, they uh, they become a wonderful um, fire hazard. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, okay.
2: So, yeah, and then we we we've been going through some droughts, and then now we're getting all the rain that we wish we had you know years ago and Mm -hmm. it's been fun it's been real fun Mm
0: -hmm. yep exactly So before we get on to the next topic, I just want to let everyone know about electricianu.com, where we have all types of resources that you can use to improve yourself, to be better in the industry, to learn new things. And even if you need continuing education for your particular license or career, we have all that available. We also have a lot of information on the YouTube channel as well as our social media platforms. But if you want to uh, basically take advantage of all of what Electrician U has to offer we would like for you to become a member for $19.99 a month where we have more in-depth videos, we have practice tests and we have all kinds of things that just going to help you along as far as being a better electrician all around. Uh, so take a moment to go to electricianu.com and see all of what we have to offer as far as our membership level as well as our free resources. Also join us on our Discord channel where we're always active. We have a lot of people in our server who are always available to answer questions, give insight on different things. And you can find out about all of that and more at electricianu.com. Now, Zach, you've been quiet for a little while what are your thoughts? What's on your mind right now?
3: I am thinking about all the things that I have done wrong and wish I never did. Okay. <laughs> My existential crisis here. So uh, okay. what, what did your friends do that you can tell us about? You know,
1: your, your, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Your friend did this.
3: I shut, uh, shut down uh, three counties of telecom <laughs> power and internet oh wow okay um, that's just a tuesday night bro come on you yeah. gotta step it up and then there and then there was another time where you're working on a piece of experimental equipment you go to turn it on and a bucket of molten copper flies past the, their face that was pretty cool um i'm sorry ask this question <laughs> <laughs> you know there's the time where you know some monkey was up in the up in a 75 foot warehouse ceiling on I beams with racers and a, and a saddle and just uh, smoking a bunch of cigarettes and drinking Gatorade and having a good old time. Let's see. I mean. <laughs> a, these are all your friends, right? These are just yeah, the friends yeah, you yeah, yeah, this is the
0: stuff I've seen. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've seen a lot for being a young man, I can tell you that.
3: Uh, you know, then there's you know the cherry picker that kind of tips over. That one was pretty cool. Not really, though. I mean, and then there's also the time where a gentleman turned into a light bulb. Um, You know, there's just, there's a whole lot of stuff that uh, should have never happened. (laughs) Reckless endangerment of oneself or others. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That then, happens to a much lesser extent on Resi. That is no,
3: true. Not a lot of safety guys roaming around in Resi jobs. No, and then you have, you know, then you have, you know, th- here's one where I can say uh, things I wish I never. I personally wish I never did. We were hooking up power into a, a Munter uh, air uh, air coil unit on the rooftop of a, a warehouse in Eau Claire. And uh, when we went to go, when we went to go finish the final terminations and turn the, you know, turn this on inside the facility, um, some yahoo um, didn't lock it up. I don't know who that was because it certainly wasn't me. I locked it up, but uh, I went in there to make sure that it was, you know, moving air. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know how there's that image of. Or that gif image of uh, Oprah Winfrey and it's just, uh, and there's bees! Well, this literally just spit out a metric ass load of bees into the store. <laughs> brand. It was brand new. It was maybe two days old. Uh, uh, but yeah, they apparently made their home in there and when we energized it and turned it on um, it spit the nest out and uh... <laughs> yeah so yeah. Uh, if more of the stories uh, make sure that you check everything that you're working inside of before you go to turn it on to say the least yeah
1: Yeah. Um, if you're ever doing outside work in, uh, anywhere where it's hot outside always keep a can of wasp killer on the uh, truck in your yeah, absolutely yeah Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen like 40 or 50 yellow jackets just chilling up on a floodlight because it gets Mm -hmm. nice and warm. Mm -hmm. And the customer wants to take that floodlight down, of course. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you got to empty an entire can of wasp killer on
0: these guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good time. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did see one situation where the neighbor actually had her daughter get a bee suit off of Amazon, and she actually took the whole hive down. Watched a couple YouTube videos and um, saw how it was done. She's that would definitely be one thing I wish I never did if I did it. Yeah? I'll play
1: with live power all day every day and I'll mess with bees.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, certainly it's, it's, do not. Yeah. <laughs> I, you want to see me run and scream like a little girl? That's exactly how that's done. <laughs> All right, I
1: noted. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> That's going to come back and haunt you in a in a little bit.
3: In a little bit? She would little... see me in like
1: a month. I know. I have I'm I'm formulating plans. Oh,
0: please don't involve bees. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> well, bees are fine. It's the yellow jackets and the wasps and the hornets.
3: Oh, no, just, no, any of those flying, stinging things just mm-hmm. can be gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because I was told that, like, wasps and hornets, they actually bite in addition to sting. I, I will never find out. I, I just know it hurts.
1: Like, I don't know about biting and stinging. It just, it's just painful.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been stung by a bee, and I've been stung by a wasp, and the uh, bee was a lot less
2: painful. Yeah, and usually they can only sting you once. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Wasp, on well, the other hand, not so much. My, well, my on- uh,
1: I got to watch in absolute pleasure as my brand-new helper pulled down a, a, a outside can light, and it was just Kate full of mud-dauber nests. And as he was unscrewing the bulb, they all flew out, and I watched her scream down that ladder and run to the truck. It was very amusing to me. <laughs>
3: I've, I've been uh where I open up an air co- uh, you know an air handler on the roof like a small one like maybe a five tonner for like a pay pay less shoes or something mm-hmm. and and you open up the access panel or whatever and i just saw this nest and all these wasps in there and they all turned in unison and I uh blacked out for like the next like Maybe 30 seconds, and I was in my truck turning it on and driving away. <laughs> I was just, I just nope right the hell out of there. I was gone so quick. And then my phone was ringing because I apparently left my tools up there, and I was just like, fuck it, they can keep them. Brief-
0: <laughs> the mm-hmm. bees, yeah.
3: the bees are after me. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it reminds me of something I
0: definitely wish I hadn't done, and it wasn't necessarily a bee, it was like some kind of insect, it might have been like like a, a mound of fire ants or something, but I decided one day, and I was a teenager at the time, I decided one day that I would just burn this anthill full of fire ants, and so I poured a little bit of gasoline on it, and... I wasn't putting two and two together, but it hadn't rained like for several days up to this point. So I basically set the backyard on fire and burned half of it. Is um, that what y'all did for fun back in the Stone Age? Yeah, that was one of many I mean, things we did.
3: I mean, you know, magnifying glass, ants. Yep. Um, let's see what else. Um, hitting each other with sticks, throwing apples at each other from the crab apple tree. Yes. Uh, drinking from the water hose, you know, the garden hose.
1: Um, that just know, sounds. That's just stuff. signs of a good childhood, right there. Like that's not bad. Th-
3: that's not bad times, in my opinion. I mean, there's well, also those death slides that are made out of metal. When you go down them, not only do you get you know friction burn, but you also get burn burned. Yes. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> you should. I, I don't know why they made metal, metal playgrounds exist anywhere the sun exists. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, no one thought that through. I mean,
3: and you know, then you also have those merry-go-rounds that actually have, like, the really good bearings in them. And you have yes. that thing going, like, Mach 7, and then yes. you have some kid <laughs> try to get on it while it's going and just absolutely shatter every bone in their body, try attempting. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's
3: yeah, but times.
0: It's like those kind of merry-go-rounds. You could jump on it a certain way and, like, twist your body around to, like, make that uh, uh, centrifugal force momentum almost double
3: yes yeah. there is and i tried to show my uh my three-year-old daughter how that's done and um i ate shit right then and there because apparently i do not still have that skill
2: <laughs> wait you've actually found one of those i haven't seen yeah. one of those in like well over like probably yeah, 15 years
3: yeah it kept causing kids to like break their femur and
2: stuff <gasps> that's kind of the purpose It building
1: i know care. one exists in like a a small town in the middle of Nebraska. I know it exists there, but that's the only one I've seen recently.
3: And, uh, there, you know, there's things that I wish I hadn't done in my youth, but that's not really applicable to the uh, topic at hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you ever, I guess, things you wish you never did? Is there anything where you're just like, Malicious compliance
1: in your yes. trade.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Yes. Hell. Uh,
1: I have to think. I, I spent nine months doing malicious compliance. You're gonna have to like let me go back to my archive here.
0: Hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. I gotta. I gotta go find some stuff. Okay. Well, <laughs> while, while he's doing that. I, I guess now is a good time for me to mention. Let's see. So we're talking about the old days of the sliding boards and drinking from the water hose, um, and even you know sometimes throwing rocks at cars, running
2: across the highway. Hey, they they still do that around here, but uh, they, they took it up an, a lot, like a notch, and they, they're throwing them off bridges onto the freeway. I, I, I was the <laughs> I was the bridge kid.
3: Oh, oh God. goodness.
2: <laughs> Just grab yeah it there was think. actually a guy that got killed uh, yeah somebody threw a brick off of a uh, oh, no, freeway no overpass and, yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, see, <laughs> see this wasn't like a freeway overpass. this is like a there's like a county highway that goes mm-hmm. like under a railroad bridge crossing that's like kind of like a hump with like mm-hmm. maybe 20-ish feet of pass overhead for this train
4: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, you get up there or whatever and you take like a nice. A nice potato-sized rock, and you just drop it. Mm-hmm. And, uh yeah, Um I've been on the receiving end of that now that I'm older, and I realized exactly uh, why that might be irritating for somebody. Yes, right. very irritating. All right, so I
1: found malicious compliance. I'm not going to post a picture because I don't want that on the Internet, but okay. I will tell the story. Um I was working in track homes and we had this customer who was absolutely insistent that she wanted a switch on this column. And in the column, it was just complete. It was solid wood. Like the framing was just complete solid two by four Mm -hmm. on a point load of the roof. So this, this part of this, this part of the house was holding up the roof of the upstairs. So this is a load bearing column, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The the superintendent told me, I need a plug. I need a switch right here. It and you you have you can do whatever it takes to get a switch right there. And I'm like, I didn't know at the time. Okay, yeah, I can go take care of that. So I go to the house, I walk in, and he had marked where he wanted the switch. And there's like eight studs in this column, all them back to back to back to back. So I call the super and I'm like, hey. This is a point load on the roof. I can't put a switch here, and the uh, and this is the rough end still. And the uh, super was like, just just make it work. I'm like, okay, I'll make it work. I proceeded to remove about three two by fours out of the stud pack. Uh, nailed my nail on box. Ran my wire through it. They failed the framing. We failed the the electrical inspection because I had violated the structural integrity of the house by removing three of the studs. Ooh. And I had called my boss, and told him what I was doing. He called the super. We got the okay from the super. That came. That that whole shebang came out of the super's uh, pocket to fix that. Mm-hmm. But I did what I was told.
2: Yeah. I yeah at, put, at, least, at least you covered your bases on that too, you know.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not gonna get in, if I'm gonna get into trouble. If I'm gonna do stuff like that, it's not gonna be my fault.
0: Right. Yep. I, I was told- gonna.
1: Someone else told me to do something, and this is the consequences of their actions for not listening to me.
0: Yeah. I, I would say my story of malicious compliance, this was in a commercial building, um, a commercial office building, uh, where they had AV all over the building. And from there, um I guess AV, like main hub, where they played all the videos and had all the media, uh, source for all the media. Uh, There were cables that branched out all over the building and they had like one big gigantic meeting room, party room, banquet room, whatever you want to call it. And so they had to get everything like up and running in a short period of time. So basically I got cables just basically draped from one side of the building to the other going across rooms, going through drop ceilings to get from point A to point B. Well, someone in that organization didn't like what I did. And they called me up late in the afternoon and they said, we need you to get over here right now because these cables are going through the manager's office. The manager's going to be very upset if he comes in and sees these cables going across his floor. We need to get these cables out of here. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what you got to do. These cables have to go away. And by that time, this is building that was being kind of renovated, kind of being built out. And so when I ran the cables from one room to the next across the floor, at the time walls were open, somebody came back and drywalled over my cable. So basically, you just basically had uh, drywall with my cable poked out one side and going back into the other side of a finished wall, straight draped across the floor. And so the only thing that I could do to fix this problem was to cut these cables, which were feeding all of the screens in their big, gigantic banquet room. And so finally, the manager shows up and none of his screens are working for his big party that he plans on having that day. And all I was doing was following orders. And so the manager was pretty upset about it that he couldn't show the videos that he wanted to show. And so when we talked about it after the fact, the manager was saying, I don't know who told you that all the stuff had to be removed. I mean, I know eventually it had to be removed, but I was okay with it because I know this building's was under construction. We put you under unfair circumstances. We wanted everything yesterday. And so I was willing to tolerate it. So, you know, maybe somebody is trying to kiss up to me, told you something else that it had to go away and they weren't really aware of what the consequences were going to be. And so it ended up being a bad situation for everybody because they didn't want to pay me for my work because my work ended up being more destructive than productive. And, um, but, yeah, that was malicious compliance where everybody ended up losing on it.
1: Yeah, moral of moral, both of our stories is if you tell something, tell us to do something and we know it's going to end bad and you refuse to listen to us, right. we'll do exactly what you asked
0: to the T. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because I did. I even sent out emails saying, you do know that if I remove these wires right now, there will be no projectors or TV screens in the banker room.
2: Yep. Yeah, I've kind of got something like that going on right now. Um, okay. Uh, this this is all pertaining to the company that I'm working for right now. Um, uh-huh. We've got someone who's fairly new to underground um, or hasn't done underground in a long time. And this person, um, they before I got out there, they were running all this branch work underground. Um, and instead of stubbing up where... Everything was going. They were told to just basically just run the pipe, Mm -hmm. run the pipe through. We'll come back. We'll dig it up. We'll stub them up. Then. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're being told you don't have time to do that. So instead of instead of going, they were worried about stubbing them up and then the steel guys coming in and running over it or breaking it or whatever. And what they didn't understand is that you know if you stub something up. And, you know, you flag, you, you know, all you got to do is throw some yellow caution tape or red tape on it so people can see it. Mm-hmm. If they hit it, that gives you an excuse to go back and go, hey, they hit this. You can't do what you need to do because they hit it. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to fix that. Yep. But now that it's not done, they're trying to force us into, you know, uh, basically uh, a delay. <clears throat> because we're going to have we have to get back in there and stub these up. We've got plugs in a uh in a freezer that's going to be 24 degrees, so we can't stub through the wall. Right. And it, it really sucks because you know, if if they would listen to the people that are out there that yeah. are knowledgeable in underground, there has been multiple people tell them, "Hey, we need to just stub these up. We need to stub them up. We need to go. We just need to keep going." right they just completely um vetoed them and uh so now we're kind of like up a creek without a paddle and what
1: sucks about situations like that is they've burnt a bridge Mm -hmm. like you're not going to be doing any creative problem solving that you would do on the job you know as a professional you you're going to be like oh we have a problem okay well that's that's on our that's not in our scope of our work. We're not here to solve this problem. We're just gonna run our pipe through this, and that's someone else's problem later.
2: Yeah, and then that's one of the that's one of the core like things of being a leader. Like if you're coming into a into a situation that you do not understand, you don't try to take it by the reins and and just start telling people what to do. You you try to find out who's the person who knows the most about where what you're doing. And you give them the reins and you go, okay, you already know what's going on here. Make sure, you know, you're, you're in charge of this, this is yours. And then you got to like step back sometimes as a leader, you can't always be at the forefront, even when you're in charge. Good. You know, leader sometimes knows when to follow, right? Yeah. A good leader knows when to shut, shut his mouth and step back and go this is your realm. Take care of it. But it, seems like, it seems like more and more um, nowadays, everybody's trying to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't think about their crew. They don't think about um, anything else except for hey, I, I've got to do this because I was put in charge of this, and I have to do this. And the, the problem with that is you say, I. I. I have to do this, I have to do that. Not well, we have it, to do
1: this. And, and the reason that happens is because the people in charge of projects, when things go south, when they when things inevitably go south, it's not the guys who are doing the work that get to deal with all the the, the bullshit and all that. It's that person. And punishment nowadays is pretty severe and harsh where if you make a mistake that causes a significant delay, you're finding a new job now. Right.
2: At this company, you're, they're pretty lenient. I, I, I will give them that. We've had guys like completely screw up jobs, and instead of firing them, they will be like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna step you down. You mm-hmm. need to you need to be put under somebody who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. so that they can mentor you." And that's happened on multiple occasions. But then you know, if you get put back into that position where you know you're in charge again and you fail again, yeah, they will definitely fire you. But for the most part, it, you have to screw up really bad to get fired.
1: Yeah. Most people, uh, don't have the, the spine to take accountability for their actions that, so, yes, I messed up. Yes. I'm going to make it right. Mm-hmm. They just want to push the blame off on someone else. And that's a whole different conversation, but that is also a fact.
2: I mean, yeah. and as a leader, I mean, whether it goes good or bad, it's your fault. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But when things go good, you can't say, you know, I did this because you didn't do it. The, the guys around you or ladies, you know, the the people around you are the ones that did the work and you just supervised.
1: Isn't it so funny? The duality of when, when things are going good, it's team effort. When Mm -hmm. things are going bad, it's my fault. (laughs) And that's, and that's something. Yeah.
0: So we'd like to thank everybody for joining us for another podcast, Electrician U. I'm your host, Brock Lancaster. Matt Bergman and Dustin from our Discord server was our co-host. And Zach Metten is our production team manager who works behind the scenes but was also on with us as well. And so we invite you to check out all of our available resources at electricianu.com. And if you like what you see, invest in yourself and become a member. We encourage all of our fans to participate in our forums and even join our social media platforms and to learn from our videos. But if you want the best of what we have to offer, membership has its advantages and its privileges. So before we end for this evening, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh,
1: except, except that things are not always going to be the greatest work. You just got to kind of roll with the punches and yeah. try to make the most of a bad situation. Uh,
2: and my, my final thought is uh, if, if you're working on high voltage, um, always turn it off. Um, it it does not uh, it doesn't forgive like uh, 120 volt. It it will uh, it will make you respect it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the and the knee <laughs> and uh, yeah and that that'll be one of those things that you wish you never did. <laughs> yeah, temporary solutions always become permanent.
0: Malicious compliance results in a bad outcome, and when you walk away from a project with regrets, our client is the one that always loses. So until next time, this has been the EU Podcast.